With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. You know what I just realized right before coming off the air is if you take the amount of wins that the birds have this year and you tack a zero on the end of it, that is the number of episodes we are officially at. Episode 30, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the Grease Paul Podcast. Appreciate you taking part, however you are. Thank you for doing so. You can follow along on Instagram at Grease Paul Podcast. Every episode is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars if you think it's awesome. One star if you think it blows. Uh, share the links out. Word of mouth, all that good stuff. Any support you can give is welcome. Appreciate it, and thank you for being here. Um, eventually I'd like to do a, do a, do an episode of the show again where it's a positive vibe, (laughs) but, and it doesn't help that before we went on the air, uh, I was telling Justin about a story where I caught a foul ball from, uh, Ryan Mountcastle prospect for the Norfolk Tides or prospect, uh, for the Baltimore Orioles plays for the Norfolk Tides, AAA affiliate caught a foul ball from him a couple years ago and actually last season and, uh, ended up giving it to a uh, little girl. And, um, yeah, man, I fuck you, grandpa. (laughs) So briefly to recap, I don't, cause eventually we'll save this story for an episode of gear freaks. Um, uh, Ryan Mountcastle had a foul ball. I, I, it landed in between, uh, I was having a conversation with some buddies It landed in between rows where there's like a concrete pathway. And I have not moved that fast in about 15 years. And because I just I assumed that everybody there was going to want this foul ball. And boy, was I wrong. But I got it and I was holding it in my hand and I went, holy shit, because you want to catch a foul ball. You go to a ball game. That's that's the thing. Everybody brings a glove. You want to leave. Man, wouldn't it be cool? And I got a foul ball. And then when I'm walking away, like, holy shit, this is pretty sweet. I just hear a voice that goes, hey, little girl over here. And man, I'm telling, like I told you, man, it was like nobody else was at Harbor Park, which is where the tides play, but me 
and grandpa. And dude, and I turned around and like I said, he was holding this child up like Simba. And I just became like immediately like entranced and just walked the ball over and handed it to them. And about eight hammered people clapped like I was this fucking hero. Yeah. And immediately, like when I walked back, you know, to my buddies, my brother-in-law and Rob, I like, like, man, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> and that snapped me out of it. And I'm like, yeah, I can't believe I did that either. Fuck them. <laughs> I want to go home now. We're going to find you know, grandpa. I do want to find him. I do because wherever he is, fuck him. Because like we, I bet you that that ball is probably either uh, in the in the bottom of her closet, just collecting dust. That or he has it. Mm-hmm. And if if he used the little girl to get the foul ball, it makes him even worse. He can suck all the dicks. Yeah, every last know? one of them. All of them, especially the fact that he looked like he voted for a certain presidential candidate as well. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the red hat on at the game, but I bet she's got you know three or four of them in the closet with mm-hmm. said foul ball. He probably so, wears jersey number 45. Oh, 100%. So uh-huh. he can fuck all the way off twice yeah. for for this deal. So, yeah, man. You dick. I, it's one of those things, man, I don't think about that a lot. Like I told you, like I think I try and block it out of my mind, uh, much like I try to do with the Eagles-Browns game yesterday. We'll get to that. But – it, it, like when it when it somehow comes up, and we were talking about like, you know, teams here in the seven five seven, the tides and the admirals, and as we were talking about the tides old logo being awesome, and them switching like color schemes now, I I ended up down that road, and so you know you got the uh, you got the full story of the time I caught a foul ball from Ryan Mountcastle and fell under a spell. It will, it'll come up. On Gear Freaks, it'll get the, the time it deserves. It will. It and will. That'll be the day we officially search for Grandpa and get the it, ball back. I want to find this motherfucker. Man, I mean, it was the right thing, right? Karmically, I guess. Uh, you know, societally, yeah, yeah, did the right thing. I mean, it's hard to tell. So, if if the girl has a glove and and she's definitely fired up to be at a baseball game, yeah, and, then yeah, right. If old ass man is just like well she yeah. just deserves it nah. right right because if that was true he could have got off of his ass and went and, get and the ball. done something and that's like i what what drove me the most nuts about it is walking away when i fell out of the spell that i somehow fell under was i thought like yo you have a kid of your own dude yeah you you could have you could have given it to your son and that would have been the perfect like fuck you to pops because it would be like, yeah, I got a kid too, dick. Yeah. Like, you know. So, shut up. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like she's going to grow up now because of this lesson he taught her. Like, she's going to grow up to be one of those girls that, like, have you ever been walking to, like, a door in a public place mm-hmm. at the same time with a woman? And you're, not every woman's like this. Let me preface it that. I'm not, women, we, we like you here. But you're walking to the door, the trajectory, you're going to get there about the same time as this woman and mm-hmm. she kind of slows down because she thinks it's your duty to open the door for her. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. And I mean, I always open the door. That's my mama raised me that way. Oh, a hundred percent. But like, don't, don't expect it. Don't expect it. I'm gonna, yes, I, w- I would do that whether you're a man or a woman. Thank you. But don't expect it. Right. Like, you can touch a door handle too. This yeah. is pre COVID now. Yeah. This hasn't just like, you know, 
This didn't just start eight months ago, no. ladies. You know? So I feel like she's going to end up being one of those, you know? Being, you better open my door. Yeah, get the door for me. You know, when she, when she starts, dude, can you imagine when she starts to date? She's going to go stand at the passenger side door, and when when boyfriend goes to, like, Goes to his side. She's gonna. He's gonna go. He's gonna get in and start the car, and she's still gonna be standing there. Temper tantrums. Yeah, and he's gonna go. Well, hey, what? What are you? You didn't. I'm. I don't open my own door. Okay. And yeah, like this is this can all future boyfriend. This can all be traced back to this foul ball. (laughs) Yeah, and Gramps specifically. Go talk to Gramps if if he's still alive. Which I hope he's not. I hope he's not. Two weeks in a row, I've killed people on this podcast. No, I really hope he is still alive because I want a piece of that <laughs> motherfucker before he goes. We're, we're coming for you, Grandpa. <laughs> you better be alive. <laughs> Watch him Bob Barker my ass. Oh, my God. You know? Motherfucker. <sighs> I remember the section he was sitting in, too. I'm going to go to Tides Games now and just be on some Rockwell shit and stalk this motherfucker. I was going to say, I bet you... <sighs> He's season ticket holder guy, too. He seemed like a frequent goer. He did. And it seemed like he was probably burdened by the fact that, you know, the future OnlyFans girl was there. Yeah. And, uh, and and like, hey, entertainment, maybe. I don't know. But I, I don't know. It, it frustrated me. And I, I, I now want, I, I want, I, I want him. <laughs> I want him in my life. If nothing else, I'm writing a movie script about this. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you going to find this guy. <laughs> going to find foul ball dickhead grandpa <laughs> who has nine MAGA hats in his closet oh. in a room that also has 37 deer antlers <laughs> all over the walls because I'm sure he's that guy. So, Gear Freaks this week, pal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we also do a podcast, That's too. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that guy was trash, so <laughs> what better what better way to perfect, celebrate? Yes, perfect segue. NBA trash. Yes. Uh, there's going to be a lot of 90s, I'll tell you all that, but because uh, <laughs> the 90s are not a good look for the NBA. There and wasn't a lot of good stuff. It's funny because like, a lot of the hockey stuff in the 90s were coming around on, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe that would happen for NBA, too, but no. Not they, a whole lot. It's getting worse as it time does. goes by. It did not age well. So uh, we're talking all about NBA trash uniforms. Like I said, yeah. a lot of it from the 90s. So. There is very, there's 90s. It's very, very 90s centric. So if you grew up watching that era, you're going to love it. And even if not, you're going to love it. Because it was funny because when I was putting, that was one of the episodes where we did a list, mm-hmm. you know. And I love those because it was funny because as I was putting my list together, I had like an epiphany. I said, man, Justin's going to go 90s heavy. I know it. So I was like, okay, we could do, there's plenty of ground to cover there. But I was like, let me go the other way, just in case, just in case you do, in case I'm right. Because if you don't, there's always, you can pull 90s NBA junk gear off the top of the dome. Yeah. There's a lot there. A lot. There's PTSD level trash. So if it's like, okay, if you don't bring it up and I don't have it on my list, it's going to be easy to draw, you know, the, the Steve Smith Atlanta Hawks. Oh, God. The Glenn Robinson Bucks, like yeah. we can, we can get those, uh-huh. you know. But we we explored all the all the cracks and the crevices of of the bullshit on the court, mm-hmm. and it was great. And that hits tomorrow all pa- podcast platforms. Uh, it's also up on my Patreon, patreoncom Justin. If you want Gear Freaks early, that's where you go for that. Support people, support people, spread the word, uh, subscribe, do all the things. Again, new episodes do drop every Tuesday. Um, 
on all podcast platforms. Justin, if you said that, I apologize. I got a text that I was trying to get rid of the banner because it was annoying the fuck out of me. So I might have just repeated what you were saying. But if not, either way, do all the things, people. I'm also trying to inevitably put off discussing uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I, <laughs> Christ almighty. Uh, this team continues every week to find, and I'll give them credit for this, they find new ways every week to uh, rape and pillage your Sunday and to just end your you, – you start to every week around like, I don't know, it sets in for me about 4 or 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, the Sunday blues when the sun goes down and you're like, oh, man, I got to go back to work tomorrow, fucking hell, and it's just like depressing. And you, when when you go through that and you're doing it <laughs> off the heels of these just junk losses, you're like, good God, dude. Uh, you know, like it, I guess what I'm trying to say is it'd be great if you're like a fan that doesn't really give a shit and that can just like, oh, okay, my team lost, but I guess I'm going to go about my day and I'm going to finish my laundry and fold, fold all my shirts and fucking, you know, whatever it is those people do. I don't know. Cause when the birds lose, I'm, I just, I melt for the day. I don't even really want to watch football any more than that. And I just go outside and chain smoke and swear under my breath all day. But going into yesterday's game, okay, just a couple random nuggets of knowledge about when the Birds have played the Browns over the years. So the Eagles had won five in a row against the Browns. There's one of those stats again, right? Now, mind you, the Eagles and Cleveland only play every four years in the regular season, so it's not like it was last week when the Eagles had won eight in a row um, against the Giants. The last time the Browns beat the Birds – Okay, think about this. The last time the Browns beat the Birds was in 1994. Your boy was six years old. Mark Rippon was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Bill Belichick was their head coach. Okay, that's how long we're talking here. And again, that takes in a lot of territory because Cleveland, uh, even though there was a few-year stretch where they uh, weren't around in between, you know, Cleveland's been, aside from, you know, Kelly Holcomb, (laughs) And, and Derek Anderson stumbling across, you know, having a decent year. You know, Cleveland's been Cleveland for the last, you know, 20 years since they've come back into the league, obviously. So there's that. The last time, and I thought this was a trip, the last time the Birds faced Cleveland, okay, it was in Philly. It was Carson Wentz's NFL debut in 2016, his very first week one 2016 his very first NFL game, and I remember it well. RG3 was starting for Cleveland, if you remember correctly. Holy shit, time flies. Um, we came out on top that game, 29-10. to 10. Uh, Carson went 22 for 37 uh, for 278 yards and two touchdowns. Ryan Matthews at running back, remember him? Ryan fucking Matthews, who is, by the way, nowhere near as good as Miles Sanders, our current running back. He, on the day... Doug Peterson's first uh, first game as head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Ryan Matthews had 22 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. If you remember, that was the one where Jason Peters, before he started to suck like he does now, uh, effectively uh, carried Ryan Matthews over the goal line uh, for that touchdown. Pretty cool stuff. So going back to that point about Ryan Matthews, 22 career, or excuse me, 22 carries in that game, Carson Wentz's NFL debut. And Miles Sanders, 
through his year and a half NFL career so far. I was a rookie last year, obviously second rounder out of Penn State. This is his second season in the NFL. Miles Sanders has yet to reach 20 carries in a single game. Never happened. It's never happened. He averages over six yards a carry, or about six yards a carry now. Never carried the ball 20 times in a game. Never even reached 20. Never broke, never gotten more than 20. Never even fucking reached it. And, you know, 2016, five years ago, we were sitting here feeding Ryan fucking Matthews the ball 22 times. With a healthy team, you know, again, that's that that shows you Doug Peterson, okay, I'm going to – and, again, the coaching staff was, was, was different there then. But the ability to go, okay, we've got a rookie quarterback making his first career start. Let's take a little heat off. Let's let's run the ball. God damn, how time flies. What the fuck happened to that mentality? Uh, Miles Sanders and Derrick Henry are the only players in the NFL with three or more 60-plus yard rushes since 2019. Miles Sanders and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was last year's rushing title, or rushing champion, excuse me. Derrick Henry has also had entering yesterday's game. Derrick Henry has had... 239 more carries than Miles Sanders has. 239. Now, again, that's prior to 1 o'clock kickoff yesterday. I jotted this note down as I saw it. I can't remember. I should have jotted down where I saw it so I can credit them, but I'm an asshole, and I'm just going to rhyme bite their number to make a point here. Um, But, yeah. So, again, Ryan Matthews. Five years ago, he was 22 carries. We're out here still goofing off, giving Miles Sanders only 16 in games that are out, never, never, ever out of reach. So you couple all of that, you roll it all together, and you go, okay, Miles, Miles Garrett for Cleveland is out with COVID. He's got the 19. So Carson doesn't have to deal with Cleveland's, you know, high-end pass rusher, one of the best in the league, prolific, Miles Garrett. He's out. He's got the 19. Okay, we don't have to deal with him. Cleveland goes down, scores. Miles Sanders uh, on the Birds' first drive, our first offensive drive. Miles Sanders fumbles the ball on the four-yard line. Bruh, the Browns recover, and immediately you think, here we go, man. Here we go. You just start to think, like, man, the like this team, it just it's not even about just not catching a break anymore. You know, it's just the this situational football is just not there. It's just not there. It never is. A fumble the ball. And again, it was raining. I will give you that. It was raining in Cleveland. I'm sure. I'm sure it was hard to hang on to the ball because it was wet a little bit. But you can't, man, when when things have been going that way, you can't, you can't fumble right there when you're on the doorstep if you're Miles Sanders. You can't. You gotta punch the ball in. You got to. You know. So I will I will say that about Miles Sanders because I haven't been super critical of him because there's really not have been a been a lot to be critical about. Um, before we really really get into the the meat and potatoes of the fiasco that was yesterday, so there's a play that has gone. It, it's been all everywhere all over the internet. I had about three people at work mention this play to me today, and I fucking hate him for it. But, you know, that's that's what happens when your quarterback does dumb shit like he did on this play. So you had Denzel Ward is coming on a corner blitz, okay? 
and Carson Wentz doesn't set doesn't sense the pressure at all because he has zero pocket awareness still none fifth year in the league and he can't sense Denzel Ward coming at his ass on a corner blitz so Wentz tries to go through his progressions right he's got Jalen Rager wide open not a single defender within fucking like 10 yards of him as open as you can be in this league Wentz doesn't see him so he goes to dump the ball off to Miles Sanders in the flat, right? Denzel Ward hits him as the ball comes out of Wentz's hand. It makes the ball float. Linebacker, this is going to be a fun name to say, Sione Takitaki for the Cleveland Browns, picks it off and takes it to the house because fucking hell. Again, I... It, Going back, and, and, and it was easy to see at the time. It was easy to see live. You got you got 18 right there. He's open. He's open. Fuck. Here we go. You know, plays at the end of the game where you have guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Carson floating it up carelessly. Alshon Jeffrey with a poorly timed. Alshon Jeffrey's been in this league long enough. He knows how to high point a ball. That catch he made in Super Bowl 52 that had, like, a slim probability of even fucking being able to happen. Alshon Jeffrey can catch. He can high point a ball. He's done it his whole career. It's one of his best skill sets. But now, all of a sudden, he can't time a jump on a wounded duck that's floating through the air? Come on, man. $13 million for Alshon Jeffrey this year. For what? That yesterday? Fucking dick. Fucking dick. He's a bum. You know, it, 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 the Birds end up losing this game 22-17. to 17. It, it, it really shouldn't have even been that close. And, again, when you, when you really look at yesterday's game, Miles Sanders, 16 carries. I, you know, I don't even think the play calling was, you know, obscenely egregious yesterday. You know, probably not great, but still, I think – it 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 pains me to say because I've I've been Eleven's most ardent supporter and I'm probably the only guy in this fan base that still thinks he should be the quarterback for this team. But it's getting harder and harder by the week. It really is. It really is. And when you have a quarterback that has been in the league for five years. And again, I think a lot of it, a good a portion of it at least, I think is mental. And he's trying to work through it out there in the game. You see a lot of double clutching. Those are signs of indecision. Indecision is a sign of a quarterback that's that's trying the game is not coming to him the way it used to, the way it should when you've been in this league for as long as he has. And so you have him out there being indecisive, ultimately holding the ball forever and making piss-poor decisions like instead of hitting Jalen Rager wide open on that play where he didn't have anybody around him, he goes to dump it off to Miles Sanders but doesn't have the pocket awareness to feel Denzel Ward coming who smacks him as soon as the ball lets, you know, comes out of his hand and it floats in the air and you got to pick six. Plays like this 
are why I'm, I'm not going to sit here and defend Carson today. I'm not. And I've done that in the past. But he's given me no reason to defend him right now. And I'm not, I'm not saying we bail. I'm not saying we bail because it, it, the question I've always had is it's real easy to sit there in the comment section and say, eh, benching me fucking sucks. Okay, well, what, what do you suggest as an alternative then? It's easy to be drunk guy on the couch that's had, you know, one too many and is pissed off after a loss to go, yes, yeah, sit the franchise quarterback. But what, give me a reasonable option then to replace him if that's the route you want to go. You think fucking Jalen Hurts is it? Come on. Come on. You know, you can't, this is, it's past a trade deadline. You can't go out and get anybody. Wentz is making $33 million a year. They're not sitting him, and they shouldn't. Because they've paid him a shit ton of money, and he needs to, as much as he can, work through this shit himself. Now, he's got to have help from the coaching staff. He's got to. And again, that's where we go back to Miles Sanders never having over 20 carries, reaching 20 carries in a game. That's how you help out Carson Wentz. That's part of it anyway. Because Miles Sanders can break off runs. We've seen it. Again, he's averaging six yards a carry. He's had a lot of long runs in his career. Him and Derrick Henry lead the league. That's how you take pressure off. Not these five, seven-step drops that you got him taking with no offensive line. It is getting harder and harder to defend Carson Wentz when he comes out and he looks the way he does against a Browns defense that doesn't even have its best pass rusher and is by no stretch a a good defense or a great defense. That's not a defense that you should come out and throw multiple picks against. It's not. If I can see only talky talky, come on, man. That guy got a pick six yesterday. His name is fucking talky talky. Uh, I mean, 11's still my quarterback, and he still dugs as well. They asked him in the press conference after the, after the game, any any chance you bench Jalen or bench him, uh, bench Carson in favor of Jalen Hurts, and he goes, "No, Carson's our quarterback." Again, you got to say those things. You got to if you're Doug, but I see where. I'm 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 flirting with the idea of okay. Okay. You know, I think that I can understand now why the group of people out there that say sit him, I can understand it. I can definitely understand it. My question is, is it really worth it to create that dynamic? with this team when we're not fucking going anywhere anyway. That was Doug Peterson's message uh, in his press conference was, well, I don't, you know, we can't bench Carson because it sends a message the season's over. Well, the fucking season's over regardless. It doesn't matter who you play. You can put Jesus Christ out there with a helmet and shoulder pads. This fucking season's over. It's done. Even if hypothetically you win the NFC East, Jesus Christ, you're a first-round buy for somebody. Their first round bye. This is supposed to be the year with seven playoff teams where only one team gets a bye 
in each conference now. That ain't the case in the NFC, I'll tell you that, because the teams that get a bye, two teams are now going to get a bye in the NFC still this year. It's going to be the number one overall seed and whoever the fuck plays the winner of the NFC East. There you go. There you go. So, I mean, no, the season's not over in the sense that there's still games to play, but the season's over. Even if you make the playoffs, you're not doing anything. You're not. You know, and I, I, I don't want to, like, not be like the guy that doesn't believe in his team. But let's be real with, with what we – it's getting worse. It's getting worse. So, at the end of the day, I think the best move is probably to finish the year out with Carson. Let's try and help – try and see if he could work his way out of it, finish strong like he did last year maybe. And then maybe you get a, you know, fucking top five, top ten pick. You know, not the worst thing in the world, people. Not the worst thing in the world. By any stretch. Jason Kelsey, with my favorite moment of the day yesterday, which doesn't take much because it wasn't a lot to choose from, but he goes to the sideline at one point with a hyperextended elbow, um, and they tried to get him to go in the medical tent, and he did not want to go in the medical tent because Jason Kelsey is a badass. And uh, they showed him at one point on the sideline refusing to go in the medical tent, and he was pacing the sideline, and he, you know, I can't read lips all the time, but I think anybody could. It it didn't take a whole lot. I received a couple texts from people right after this happened, so it was obvious. To read his lips as he said three words that perfectly sum up the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles. And Jason Kelsey said, and I quote, he didn't say it, he yelled it, Stupid motherfuckers. That's your all-pro center. That's your all-pro center. The legend in this town that wore the Mummers costume, that get cut the promo at the Super Bowl parade, that maybe we maybe one day will be a Hall of Famer. A candidate to have his number retired and hanging in the rafters at Lincoln Financial Field. That's what he's saying on the sideline. Because when you look at it, it all starts at the top. With Howie Roseman. It all starts at the top. And I've been a Howie Roseman guy. I started this podcast by defending him. But, man, you really start to see where he's missed on some picks that eh, you could have gone in a different direction. And then you go look at Doug Peterson. Take Howie Roseman, who drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. And, again, I was, I was, I'm fine with that. I was fine with that. Go back and listen. But if you're going to draft a guy like Jalen Rager over a Justin Jefferson because of his versatility, then you got to use his skill set to benefit you. You have to. Justin Jefferson's a slot guy, a slot receiver, and that that's fine. That's great. That It's needed in the NFL. He's killing it with Minnesota right now, which is driving a lot of people nuts in this fan base. But what they don't understand is – His game is different than Jalen Rager's. Jalen Rager is versatile, can line up anywhere. Why Doug Peterson, the supposed offensive genius, does not take Jalen Rager and and run, you know, jet sweeps with him and quick screens, try and get him in space where he can have room and use his speed and 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 move the ball that way. You can't keep having Jalen Rager run run hooks and run out routes. And shit like that. Yeah, you can have him do that. But you got if you're going to go, we drafted the versatile guy because he can do more, then you got to have him do more. You got to. 
I mean, fuck. Meanwhile, you watched Justin Jefferson yesterday in the afternoon game. He caught a touchdown from fucking Kirk Cousins. And again, I'm not, I don't want to be internet guy in the comments comparing Justin Jefferson to Jalen Rager because it's apples to oranges, really, if you look at their games as individuals. But what I'm saying is you've got a GM that drafted a guy because versatility, we like that better here. And yet the head coach doesn't use said versatility of said player. Makes no sense. And you wonder why you get the product you do on the field on Sundays. That is part of the reason why. There is no accountability in this organization. Jeff Lurie, love the guy, but he needs to step in now and do something. He's got to do something. At least have a sit down, have a come to Jesus with Dougie P. At least... That needs to happen. So every team in the NFCs now has three wins. We are uh, still in first place because we got the the hockey loss, the hockey tie column uh, in our record. So that's a thing. But you know, again, Giants. Everybody else are three and seven. Dallas beat Minnesota yesterday. Washington beat uh, Cincinnati because they took Joe Burrow out. So yeah, I. <laughs> You know, it, it, it begs the question, would you rather would you rather suck? Because, again, this schedule, mind you, this is a first-place schedule. It's a tough schedule. The toughest in the NFL left to go. Would you rather, you know, I, I don't want to use the word tank, but would you rather get a higher draft pick in 2021 when April arrives, or do you try and push to win the division? Because it's still – I mean, it fucking it three six and one. It's somehow st- still in reach, right? We're still in first. Jesus. So, I put it out on Instagram at Greasepole Podcast. Do you it, it, give me give me your thoughts? Do you go for the? Do you hope for a higher draft pick, or you try and you know push to 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 get the division and make it in the tournament? Maybe then, uh, maybe we'll see what happens. Uh, J.J. Dorfman says, draft pick, if we get a competent GM, and we know that's not happening so we can win the division. Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I don't know that Howie Roseman is going to be out after this year. I think it's a possibility. Jeff Lurie doesn't tend to – he doesn't like uh, to make moves a whole lot, and that, that for years created kind of a stability uh, in the front office, I think it, it had been beneficial. But now it's at the point where it's imploding and moves need to be made. I do think if anybody is out of here on uh, the offseason, it is Howie Roseman. A guy I would like to have as GM would be Lewis Riddick, who you know works for ESPN as an analyst and a commentator on Monday Night Football, who has experience with Jeff Lurie in the Eagles front office, used to be a scout. I would be all about that. The Giants interviewed him a few years ago before they went in the Dave Gettleman direction. Um but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I were to place a bet, you know, I'm not betting my house that Howie Roseman's out of here after the year. No, no. You know, I think a conversation needs to be had. I think it needs to be looked at. And I think moves do need to be made and the shakeup needs to happen. <clears throat> Daniel Hawker says, get the draft pick because we will also get an easier schedule next year. I had a hiccup there for a minute. Couldn't read for some reason. Um, I... He's not wrong. You're not wrong, Daniel. I think that, again, a higher draft pick is one of those deals, man. You look at it, 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 sometimes it's all it takes is a piece. Sometimes all it takes is just getting through the year and restarting fresh 
uh, the following year. And that is a key thing to remember. This is a first-place schedule. That's why it's so fucking difficult. Next year, there's not going to be. Next year, we get a last-place schedule. Goddamn, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> you know? Maybe tanking isn't such a bad thing, kids. Frank LaPlaca, host of the unofficial Cincinnati Bengals podcast. We had him on this podcast before. Previewed the Eagles-Bengals game a couple uh, weeks ago when we accepted a tie. When that became a thing for Doug Peterson, he says you got to push for the NFC East. Now, I'll say this, man, and I, I the, the former player in me and the, the former coach in me uh, will never say that you should lose on purpose. That's just no, no. I mean, these are people's livelihoods out there. You know, they're risking their health every single week and their well-being for our entertainment. At the end of the day, let's keep that in perspective. You know, I do not believe as a former player and a former coach that you you ever go out with the intention of doing anything other than imposing your will and winning a football game. That being said, I do think long-term, it may be more beneficial to lose you know, enough to pick, you know, sixth or seventh in the draft maybe. I think that and the only reason I say that I don't want that to happen is because the Carson Trolls are going to be out. The Carson Trolls are going to be out, and then if we're picking that high, who's to say that the other North Dakota State quarterback won't be a rumor. Trey Lance, you know, Zach Wilson out of BYU, guys like that. I don't think we're not picking high enough. We're not going to – the Jets and the Jaguars aren't winning anywhere near three games, so they're going to pick one and two. There's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. But, you know, man, who knows? Maybe a quarterback would be part of the conversation. That would just be just a disaster. I don't want that to be a part of the offseason. Again, just because – not even because I want to be able to sit here and go, fuck you, I was right on Carson, you were all wrong, but – Man, I, I root for the guy, man. I root for the guy. I feel for what happened to him Super Bowl year. And, again, I get Foles is a folk hero in this city and always will be, and deservedly so. But fuck Carson's had to overcome a lot of shit in his career. He has. Can't help but root for the guy. So for his sake, I hope something this year finishes off on a decent note. I do. That said... I'm also completely okay with Micah Parsons as a Philadelphia Eagle next year. I'm a Penn State fan. Speaking of suck, 0-5. Preseason top five was uh, were the Nittany Lions, Jesus Christ. Saturdays and Sundays now are just liver failure uh, around the house. But I agree in philosophy that you have to push forward. You have to try to win. You have to. Of course you do. But if, again, if if it's a high draft pick, if we pick in the top 10, I'm not going to be fucking pissed off. I love the NFL draft. It's my cocaine every year. I've already mentally in my head, like, kind of started arranging some things for draft episodes when the season ends. Like, I'm already kind of mentally there. Like, fuck yeah. We're only six months away from the NFL draft. I love that shit. You know, that's my next little extended weekend away from work because I take the draft off every year. I love that weekend. That said... Man, these losses are brutal. Man, they're brutal. Pro Football Network's latest mock draft that came out earlier this morning has the Eagles taking Sean Wade, cornerback out of Ohio State, with the 19th pick um, because we are still projected to win this division somehow, some way. 
And if we do, I guess they have us being bounced in the first round or thereabouts. I don't think we pick 19th. I think that's probably a little high because I don't at this point think we win the NFC East. I do not. I don't think we're the favorite anymore to win this division. I don't think there's any way. I really don't. If you ask me right now on, what is it, November 23rd, to pick who ultimately wins the NFC East, I think it's the New York Giants. You look at schedules and everything else, if Daniel Jones cannot turn the ball over, I think they've got probably the best chances anybody in this division right now. I think if, if, you're, if, if, every, if all four teams in this division were stocks, everybody's, after, everybody's has been going up and ours has been plummeting <laughs> way fast. So, I just don't know. I just don't know. But I'm just saying at the end of the day, if this team is picking 6th, 7th, 8th in the draft, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's really not, at least in my opinion. What say you? Hit me up at Greaseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's been a tough stretch as an Eagles fan, obviously. It has, you know, and again, I just I, I, I keep hoping for my guy Carson to bounce back. I do. I keep hoping for him to bounce back and have a good game and, and, and to shut everybody up, but he hasn't. You know, like I've said, man, he's not he's not doing himself any favors. He's not he's not making my life any easier, planting my flag with him. You know, and if, if this continues eventually it's gonna it's gonna get to the point where I take my ball and go home. Because at the end of the day, I'm I'm a fan of this team before I'm a fan of any player. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. And I do think he is the guy that can can get the job done. Still. Still do. But the clock's ticking. The clock is ticking, Carson. Get your shit together. Uh, we've got Thanksgiving coming up in a couple days. So, now again, not a whole lot to be thankful for as an Eagles fan. But whatever you do, whatever you're doing to celebrate, uh, please do so safely. Do it, do it smart. Um, don't be a dumbass. And I'm going to just leave it at that. And I don't want to soapbox too much. But, you know, there you go. There's words. Do what you want with them. Um, special announcement for next week. Next week episode will uh, air on Tuesday. Uh, special guest on next week's episode. We've got 30 of these things uh, now out there. Hopefully you enjoy. Hopefully you enjoy. Hopefully you enjoy episode 31 next week. I'm going to try something a little bit different. I'm looking forward to it. And I think you'll like it as well. I'm looking forward to seeing you then. Hopefully, after a win against Seattle. But, again, kids, don't bet your house on it. Don't bet your house on it. That's for damn sure. Don't even bet fucking $10 on it, personally. You know, buy lunch at work. Buy Wendy's or something. Get a Baconator. Baconator is better than, you know, giving your money to somebody else. Fucking hell. Anyway, with that being said, I am looking forward to seeing you next week. Again, it will be on a Tuesday. Uh, Next week's episode will be available. Stay safe, celebrate safely and intelligently this weekend for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. I will see you back here next Tuesday. As always, go Birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? (laughs) Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Philly.